0: Hey everyone, it's Cassie. And this is Chrissy. And this is Did You Catch That with Cassie and Chrissy.
1: Breaking news, President Trump has been diagnosed with coronavirus. It is just, I mean, this is very serious. However, how ironic.
0: I was going to say I shouldn't be laughing, but he's the only person I am laughing at only because... A few days ago, he was making fun of Joe Biden for wearing a mask. He was literally mocking Joe Biden for wearing a mask and saying it's all fake. And then he has it.
1: Right. So at the Democratic debate, the first one of three, he said, I don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. He could be speaking 200 feet away and he shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. So he tweeted last night at 1254 in the morning. Tonight, FLOTUS and I tested positive for COVID-19. We will begin our quarantine and recovery process immediately. We will get through this together. So as of now, Donald, Melania, Hope Hicks, one of his advisors, and RNC chair Ronna McDaniel have tested positive. And then Mike Pence, Karen Pence, Ivanka Trump, Jared Kushner, and Barrett Trump tested negative.
0: Maybe people will realize now that maybe it is a real thing because, you know, some people are like, oh... Like Trump said, like, it's not real, this and that. So maybe they'll realize now and start wearing their masks.
1: Yeah, this is very serious. Now, over the course of these last six to seven months, Trump has notably downplayed the virus. So for him to end up contracting it, it's kind of... I, I feel like... Um, I'm wondering what his supporters who are opposed to the mask mandates because of him. I wonder what they're thinking right now. There aren't any reports just yet about his symptoms, but because of his age and his health in terms of his weight, he is at risk for more chronic symptoms of coronavirus. So like, remember Herman Cain, who passed away this summer after being exposed to COVID. um, And it was probably at one of Trump's rallies, the one in Tulsa, Oklahoma, back in June. So he was seen at that rally without a mask. And then about a week later, he was diagnosed with COVID and then passed away on July 30th at the age of 74, the same age as Trump. It wasn't proven that he contracted the virus at that rally in Tulsa. But what we do know is Herman Kane put himself at risk by being there in the first place and being an anti-masker. So he only increased his chances.
0: Yeah, I think honestly, what this is going to do, maybe more people will start taking it more serious. Hopefully.
1: It's pretty clear that Trump hasn't set the best example for precautionary measures in light of COVID. And I think the Stanley Cup celebration in Tampa Bay is a like very clear example of that
0: okay so i actually know people who live in tampa bay and they were posting on social media um like they're not even hockey fans in the slightest but when tampa bay won they were posting like they were in like a club a dj everyone was partying i literally did not see one mask like no social distancing And, like, you hear about it, like, oh, some states are better than others. Like, some states don't even care. Like, you hear about it, but then I actually saw it on my own social media feed. I was like, is this real life right now?
1: Right. Well, so, first of all, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning this year's Stanley Cup. Um, You know, as all championship teams do, they take their, their win back to their city and they celebrate. But that parade was just not COVID friendly. Like like you said, every video I saw, I didn't see any mask. I mean, I saw maybe security guards wearing masks, but that's about it. And um, I saw a specific video on Twitter of Nikita Kucherov and Alex Killorn of the Tampa Bay Lightning. They were holding up the cup as three men, back to back, put their mouth on the cup to drink whatever alcohol was in it. So it wasn't like they took a pop or a waterfall, whatever you wanna call it, where it's poured into your mouth without direct contact to the cup. It was mouth to cup. So fluids were swapped for sure. And then a crowd of people gathered like really close to either watch, record, or both. And like I said, the only people I saw in that video who were wearing masks were security guards. And I saw one fan in the crowd with a mask and I also saw a child like a very small child there without a mask on
0: yeah that's what I'm saying like it was like as if like like COVID wasn't even happening but did they did the team even make a statement about that because I feel like yeah they have they should celebrate they should have a parade but at the same time I feel like it's also their responsibility Maybe to make a statement to the fans and even for them to set an example and be like, okay, yeah, we're still gonna celebrate, we're still gonna have the parade, but you know, we are in a global pandemic, so masks are required, this, that, and the other.
1: Yeah, like I mean, they just came from their bubble. Like you your entire your everyday life was involved around not catching COVID when you were in that bubble. So to leave and then just be so irresponsible and they know that there has to be some type of precautionary measures because Alex Killarn, when they gave their speech during the parade, he said, I want to thank the governor for opening the bars just in time for the boys. So you know what's happening and still like the celebration kind of overshadowed everyone's safety.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you can still celebrate, just put a dang mask on your face. And then when he said that about the bars, I was like, Oh no, why did you just say that? Like, personally, I was like, no.
1: Do you remember when you were younger and like you would be in school and you would have like juice or water or soda, or whatever, and someone would ask for a pop or a waterfall, or whatever, and you would do it so carefully so that their lips would not touch your bottle?
0: <laughs> I do. Remember. I remember I was in gym class in, I wanna say, like the third grade. And my best friend, Katarina, she was like, oh, like she didn't have a water bottle. I don't know why I remember it so vividly. And I was like, you can have mine. And like, I it so carefully. I acted like if it touched anyone else, like I was, it was like a death sentence kind of thing. And then you get older and then you don't really care about all that. But when you were younger, it was super serious.
1: It's very, very serious. I mean, I'm, I haven't like, quote unquote, gave someone a pop in a while like I you call it I, that's why I always say like pop or waterfall because I know it's different like depending on
0: where you're from I'm like what the heck is a pop
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I have a pop I haven't done that in so long because I feel like it is such like a young thing to do but I'm still like that now like don't put your mouth on my stuff I'm not sharing lip gloss with you I'm not sharing bliss sex with you like I don't want to share a fork with you. No. And that was before COVID. So to see these strangers lining up, just, just to like put their mouth on the Stanley Cup. And I mean, there were hands touching that cup and people breathing all over it. And you're just putting your mouth on it.
0: Oh, yeah. It's disgusting. Funny you said that. I'll literally like if you're my friend, like I share everything and anything, which is disgusting. I haven't since COVID. Mm. No, I don't think I have, but I don't hang out with people like that since COVID. Like, I've been in lockdown. Like, I hang out with my two friends, and that's it. But I I do share, which is gross. Like, saying it out loud, people are probably going to judge me listening. But I really do share. My mom, though, doesn't share with me. My own mother refuses to share with me and my sisters. My other sister will not share with only – she only shares with her boyfriend. And even she doesn't really like it. Like, she's like, ew, oh, my God, this and that. And then – yeah, but my mom, if I drink from it, she's like, you can just have the whole drink. Like, my mom refuses to, refuses to share with even my dad, her husband. <laughs> and I'm over here like, haha, oh, who wants a sip? <laughs> Which is gross, but it's just funny. It is everyone's preference. However, after COVID, though, I have changed, like, my perspective. Even, like, being on the trains, for example. Thinking about how close I used to stand to random strangers on the train. Mm -hmm. thinking about doing that now I'm like I don't think I don't think it'll be years before people start doing that again do you know what I mean like we used to be literally touching random strangers on the train on the packed subways thinking back like now never
1: you should see my face right now just thinking about the days where I used to have to ride MTA and being shoulder to shoulder with somebody close enough to where you can smell them like not yes. cologne or perfume I mean you can smell their hair products you can
0: you can just way too close no way that's what I'm saying like sometimes I think about it and I'm like literally you would literally be touching the other person you don't know them thinking about that now after everything I'm just like that's literally insanity to me like I can't even imagine
1: you know what else I've seen I saw a video of a girl saying like, oh, I have to be more safe now because of COVID. And she was flushing the public toilet with her foot. And my thought was, were you
0: not (laughs) doing that before? Chrissy, yes. Okay, I saw that I was disgusted, okay? Never in my life, even when I was younger, my mom taught me like, you don't touch it. Never in my life have I, even if it's at work, nowhere, like, it does not matter where I am. Nowhere in my life have I ever flushed a public toilet with my hand. Like, that's
1: disgusting.
0: Oh, and I remember someone quoted and was like, wait, you guys haven't been doing this? Like, the thought of that is literally, it, like, skews me out.
1: Ugh.
0: Yeah, that's disgusting. But there's a lot of other things. Like, like personally, like, sharing drinks for me just doesn't gross me up. Like, the train thing after COVID, I'm like, wow, we were close. Like, that's kind of crazy.
1: And it was worse because um, depending on what station you were at, uh, we're speaking about like New York and MTA. Depending on what station you were at, it's already just gross in itself down there. The air is dirty. the, The seats are dirty. Like it's visibly gross. I mean, everywhere in public is nasty, but some places you just can't see it. But I mean, it's, to the naked eye, it is visibly gross.
0: And then I remember when everything first happened, like the New York City subway system, they're like, okay, we're shutting down for like five hours. I don't. The last time they did that was like a long, long time ago because, you know, the New York City trains don't shut down. They shut them down from like midnight to 4 a.m. or something like that to clean them. And someone was like, wait, like this hasn't been done. And they have not cleaned them how they did in years. Now- before COVID, like, you just didn't really think about it. Like, you knew it was dirty, but that was that. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is what you do. Hindsight is twenty twenty because, like, the trains have never looked cleaner now. And I feel like they should just clean them like that a little more often.
1: Absolutely. I agree. I would, like, so if you've ever ridden on, honestly, any public transportation, but just thinking about MTA. If you've ever written on MCA, you know that commonly homeless people um, sleep on the benches. It's just easier. It's warm in um, the winter and it's there's AC in the summer. It's just easier. Um, but they also carry a lot of, some of them carry a lot of things with them and you, you don't know where those things have been, if they touch the ground. You just don't know. You don't know. And oftentimes, like, if they if they get up and leave and then someone comes on the train and sits in that same spot, like, sometimes I used to think, like, I wonder if, like... I only think about it because I know that some people go home and sit on their bed with their outside clothes. Like, that's a thing. People do that. So when I see people sit in a spot where... Like they're, I don't, it's not even just with homeless people. If anybody, you don't know where their clothes have been. You don't know where their belongings have been. You don't know if if they're carrying any type of like, like bed bugs or, or roaches. You just don't know. And you're, you're sharing these spaces with these people and then you go home and some people take all that stuff, and just, they put their bags on their bed, they, I just, oh my god, just grossing me out, like, that was the standard for a lot of people
0: before COVID. Okay, I'm, this is literally so funny to me, because, um, so, in that sense of, like, sharing drinks, and, you know, outside clothes, me and my dad are very similar, and then, Everyone else and my two other sisters and my mom are similar. So, um, before COVID, like I really didn't care about that stuff. Oh my the people listening are gonna be like, Cass, what are you doing? But genuinely, like I would come home, I would just lay in bed and my sister and mom would be like, Cassandra, that is so gross. And I'd be like, No, it's not like you know what I mean? Like me and my dad are similar in that sense, but it's so funny because I mean, obviously, now, I've definitely realized, like, okay, that's gross, along with, like, the train thing, obviously, but before that, I didn't really think about it, like, my mom would tell me, and I would just, like, roll my eyes at her kind of thing, and I had a big mom, you, you could just, like, wash my sheets, like, it's fun or whatever, but it's so funny because I love how me and you are, like, in a lot of senses, we're definitely opposite, but it just works, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we're literally type A and type B, like... <laughs> But it's just so funny because that's so true. Because I see it in my own household, at least, you know? Yeah. But COVID definitely did. I mean, like, I would never, ever, ever flush a public toilet. Like, that tweet was disgusting. Like, I didn't do gross things like that. But, like, outside clothes, like, my sister would never let me sit on her bed when we would get home. And I'd be like, fine, I'll go in my room. (laughs) No, I was
1: the same way,
0: especially in college.
1: Like, people would come into my room and immediately walk towards my bed. And I'm the type of person, like, I don't care who you are. I will tell you, absolutely not. There is a chair by my desk for a reason. You can sit over there, but you cannot sit. On, I don't know where you're coming from. You cannot sit on my bed. Like
0: Yeah, that's so funny. See, I'm not like that, but my sister and mom are, so it's hilarious. I mean, now it's definitely different, but if anyone's listening, like, please, I'm clean. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just not, like, too anal with that stuff, like the clothes thing or other things, but I like wash, like, I feel like COVID made people realize, like, even like the washing hands thing, like, I would always wash my hands. My mom has taught me since I was little, carry hand sanitizer. Like, I was that annoying girl who had, like, the hand sanitizer and the hand sanitizer holders all of middle school, like, on my lunchbox, on my backpack. Like, I was was that, like, annoying Bath and Body Works girl in middle school. But I've been doing that my whole life because, like, my mom just, like, ingrained it in me or she was like, don't eat without washing your hands, things like that. And then when COVID rolled around, everyone was like, guys, you have to wash your hands, this and that. And for me, I was like, are people not doing that? Right. It really um, shined a light
1: on the type of standards of clean that different people have.
0: Yeah, no, like the washing hands, thing, I was like, what are they? Like, you got to carry around hand sanitizer. I'm like, I've literally been doing this since I was six. That's hilarious. But yeah, it did make people realize. like, hindsight 2020, looking back, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> And it's like, if we wouldn't do half of these things
1: when COVID wasn't around, why, like, just tying it back to the parade, I just, I can't seem to wrap my head around someone, an adult, three adults, back to back, being so comfortable, um, swapping germs just to
0: drink some beer out of a, a cup. That's gross to even begin with. And then you're going to add in that there is a global pandemic. I'm just like, ooh. And then honestly, I still, I really do believe that the Tampa Bay Lighting should have released a statement and said something, not the player saying, woo, the bars are open just in time. Like that was a horrible judgment.
1: That could have been a really good opportunity to kind of stress the importance of social distancing Mm -hmm. and wearing a mask. But I mean, this was the first of like, major league season wrap-ups so their season is done you know the NBA season is about to wrap up the MLB will wrap up and then the NFL will follow so we don't really know how to conduct a celebration in the midst of COVID do you think that there's going to be a parade for um, the NBA championship like do you think parades are going to be a thing in the years to come
0: I think this year, the Lakers are going to have socially distanced celebrations. (laughs) The Lakers are winning the finals. Like, I thought there was going to be five games. There might just be four, maximum five. We'll get into that, though. I do think they'll celebrate only because I feel like it is such a big year if the Lakers won it. Like, I remember last week we were talking about, like, Kobe and just everything. I think next year, hopefully, hopefully, everything will be kind of not normal, but closer to what it was and I think maybe in like two three years then everything will literally be back to normal celebration wise but I do not think what happened in Tampa Bay would happen in LA. I don't think now so. if Miami won um Tampa Bay 2.0 most likely
1: I agree. I definitely agree. I think the restrictions will be tighter if it's in LA and Miami uh, prayers up.
0: For- <laughs> no, literally
1: like uh. it's going to be like you know what Miami looks like in spring break it's going to be that times 10.
0: Yeah, 1000%, which it might be a good thing that the Lakers are going to run away with this thing even though I wanted it for Jimmy Butler, but they will <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah.
1: So let's get into some bubble basketball. Um The Lakers are up 1-0. They beat the Heat 116-98. to So Anthony Davis put up 34 points, 5 assists, 9 rebounds. LeBron put up 25 points, 9 assists, 13 rebounds. Then on the Heat, Jimmy Butler put up 23 points, 5 assists, 2 rebounds. Tyler Harrow put up 14 points, 3 assists, 4 rebounds. Now that we've got the stats out of the way, the highlight of the game the real highlight was the injuries
0: for the heat yeah i was just gonna say like genuinely like if they if they even ever had a chance it's completely gone now like because injuries are like it really does affect the team oh my god i feel so bad because you know i was rooting for miami to begin with
1: yeah but now
0: i genuinely don't think there's any sense of hope
1: So first we had Jimmy rolled his ankle, but he was still able to play through the pain. And then Goron suffered a plantar tear and his left foot was out of the game. Bam got a shoulder strain and had to leave the game. And they're both listed as doubtful for game two tonight. And I'm a little worried about the rest of the series as you are, because... I already believe that the Lakers would have won regardless, but it kind of takes away from the excitement of the series if, you know, your key players are not at their strongest.
0: Yeah, like, before the injuries, I was like, wow, like, the way the Heat was playing, I was like, this is going to be, like, a fun series, like, a good matchup. And, you know, I was rooting for them, and I was like, okay, they, like, LA, yeah, they were probably going to win. But I was like, the Heat will put up a good fight. But now after the injuries, I'm like, the Lakers are running away with it, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. I had yeah. it going to go into game seven. I don't see that anymore.
0: Yeah, I had it going to like game, game six. I felt like I was like, the Heat will win at least two games. Now, I say game five maximum, m- maybe four games.
1: According to a stat on first take, Teams who lose game one in the finals have only won the series 29% of the time.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. I. How many – do you think it's going to go to game five even? I'm trying to think. I really – I did. But now, I don't know if I can see the Heat beating this LA team, unless they have a really off night. If the Lakers have a really, really off night and the Heat can manage to do it without two of their players, but I don't know. I'm so disappointed.
1: Oh god, if this ends at game four, how horrible. I know,
0: I feel like honestly, I feel like they are gonna sweep them. I don't okay, let me I I don't want them to, but it's just like the injuries that are really like
1: Because this was a this was a, a blowout. You know, it wasn't like um it was a small deficit. This was a blowout.
0: Yeah, no, it was bad. It was. And I feel like that's what I'm saying. I can't see the heat, especially with the injuries beating this Lakers team, unless the Lakers have a really, really off night. It would have to be a terrible night for them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they'd have to be playing really bad. And then Miami has to be on top of their game, on top of their game, which I just don't see it happening. I I hate to think that they would get swept. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And
1: oh game five (laughs) game five how unfortunate that sucks I hate when injuries kind of just overtake a series because you never really know what the real outcome would have been even though I think most of us would agree that the Lakers would win the championship regardless but the series either way the series would have a different turnout if everyone was healthy
0: yeah I remember last week when we were talking about it like I was rooting for Miami but I was like the Lakers are most likely gonna win but I thought Miami would put up a good fight like it was gonna be fun now it's just like like can we just get to game whatever ready so they can just win because we all know what's gonna happen
1: and that that is also unfortunate for the Lakers because you know there's the people who are rooting for the heat um if the Lakers win this way, while their key players are hurt, it's going to be like, oh, well, he only won because so-and-so was down and this person was out and this person was, you know. So it sucks for both teams, honestly, because I know the way that the Lakers are wired, people who are champions like that, they want to go up against their opponent while their opponent is at their best to really prove, like, I earned this.
0: Oh, yeah, 1,000%. And the he fans... Or LeBron haters are gonna be, like, yeah. Well, they weren't fully healthy. Time will tell,
1: so we'll see what happens tonight. It's been close to a month and a half since Brett Brown was fired as a head coach of the Sixers after seven seasons with the team, and yesterday they found Brown's replacement, and it's not Ty Lue; it's Doc Rivers.
0: I love it. <laughs> but- I was going to ask you because I'm not, you know, everyone knows I'm not a 76ers fan, but you are. But I like it. I'm not mad at it. I can't possibly be mad at this choice. I mean, my money was on Tyloo,
1: who was on Doc Rivers' staff in L.A. with the Clippers as an assistant coach. I think I thought it was going to be him for the same reasons that they hired Doc Rivers. Like, they both understand how to coach All-Stars. They're familiar with the playoffs. They have a ring. And that's what the Sixers need, like. It's been decades since they've won a championship and we should be a lot further ahead than we are right now with our roster.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm now if Doc Rivers stayed with the Clippers, then I think Tyloo would have been like the obvious next coach. But I really love Doc Rivers. Like even when I found out like the Clippers like don't wanna like, you know, continue with him. I was like, what? Like, I love him. I love, I don't know, something about Doc Rivers, not only as a coach, but as a person too. I think he's going to be good for the 76ers and like their roster. Because the 76ers have like a really nice team. Like if you look at their roster, they should be way better than they are. So I think he's going to really be able to work with them. I agree. And I mean,
1: they clearly have a lot of faith in him because the process only took three days.
0: Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It was super quick. Yeah. I think that's why I also would call people off guard because we've been hearing about Ty Lu for like, you know, a little while now. Yeah. Well, you know, whenever, when they fired the other coach. And then it's just like, Doc Rivers is now with the Clippers. Oh, wait, he's the 76ers coach. It was so, so fast. I mean, we did kind of discuss
1: briefly that Doc's job with the Clippers was in danger in light of Clippers season because we were all prepared for a Lakers Clippers matchup in the Western Conference Finals and instead we got Lakers and Nuggets after they blew their three and one lead. And remember, that was the third time in Doc Rivers' career that he blew a three to one playoff lead more than any other coach. Yeah. So He's- we have to keep that in mind as well because we we want him to bring us to the playoffs. We want him to take us to the finals. But we also have to remember that he's blown a 3-1 and lead more than any other coach in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, okay, I don't know. For some reason, like, I always defend coaches. I don't know why, but, like, even when the Cowboys, like, fired Jason Garrett, like, even I felt bad for Jason Garrett, and everyone was, like, sandering him. And even I was like, guys, like, a coach is not, like, on the field playing for the players. And now, look, like, the Cowboys do not look that much better than they did the previous seasons. Like, I like the same for Doc Rivers. Like, I think he's a genuinely really good coach. That's why I I, re- I, know he, like, you know, the 3-1, that whole playoff thing. But I think he's just such a good coach. Like, I really support it. But also, it's just because I feel bad for people when they get fired, I think. Like, when Jason cared, I was like, I genuinely felt bad for that man. But I feel like all the time, like, a lot of people think, like, The coach is, like, the answer. For example, I don't think so much with, like, the Stock River thing because, like, I saw, like, 76ers fans are not like, oh, my God, like, we're going to win a championship now, kind of. But, like, for the Cowboys, for example, when we got Mike McCarthy, everyone's like, we're winning a Super Bowl now, this and that. I'm like, guys, you have to remember that the same players are still on the field. Like, coaches do matter, but they do not dictate the whole entire thing.
1: Exactly. Prime example, when Chris Mullen started coaching St. John's everyone was like, oh my God, we're going to win a championship. That did not happen. We weren't. Yes. No, it didn't happen at all. People get caught up in the big name, the star power of the coach. And it's like, okay, but like you said, he's not on the court playing with them.
0: Yeah. Like I think coaches do matter in the sense of like, if the players like them, how they run the team, things like that. Like obviously coaches matter, but it does not dictate the whole entire thing. Like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't think getting a new coach is an automatic like championship run, but 76ers fans aren't taking it like that, which I also think is good. But I'm excited to see Doc Rivers with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid.
1: And Tobias. So he's yeah. Tobias with the Clippers. And over and over, I keep seeing Tobias had his best season under Doc just before he came to Philly last year. He was averaging 20.3 points, rebounds and shooting 42.6 percent from behind the arc so that's something to look forward to you know we spent a lot of money on Tobias and he was supposed to serve as the missing piece and it didn't really translate this season but maybe Doc can fix that for us so that's also something to look forward to and like we can't forget Doc Rivers is like one of the best coaches he's 11th all-time in regular season wins seventh all-time in playoff wins um he led the celtics to the finals in 2008 won a ring against the lakers took them back in 2010 he lost but he still took them there so i mean there is a lot to be optimistic about even after his season with the clippers
0: yeah exactly like that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm really excited for him because he's a good coach, and I like how I think he can work with the roster of the Seventy Sixers. So I cannot wait to see that. I'm very excited. It was like the Bucks. Like, I loved Jason Kidd so much. Like, I was like, it cannot get better than Jason Kidd. And then the interim coach we had creeped me out. But now Coach Bud, oh, it could get better than Jason Kidd, and I thought it couldn't. Like, I love Coach Bud with the Bucks. So yeah
1: well I'm ready for next season
0: I know like can this one end already so we can get to next
1: (laughs) thank you guys so much for tuning into episode seven of did you catch that with Cassie and Chrissy make sure you're following us on Spotify and that you're following us on social media at DYCT podcast again that is DYCT podcast on Twitter and Instagram and you'll hear from us next Friday